0: Story time.
2: The deep ocean is an eerie and mysterious place, a realm of darkness and void where few dare to venture. But as a sailor on a tanker, it is my home. I have spent countless nights staring out at the blackness, listening to the sounds of the sea and wondering what secrets lay here.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I wanna talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, So if you're like me, and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you.
2: Hidden beneath its surface. It was on one such night that I heard an unusual screech. It was like nothing I had ever heard before, a haunting and terrifying sound that sent shivers down my spine. I turned to the captain, who was standing at the helm, and asked him if we could check it out. He nodded and we turned the boat towards the sound. As we got closer, I could see something emerging from the darkness. At first, I thought it might be a dolphin, but as it came into view, I realized that it was something much more terrifying. It was a giant kraken, its tentacles writhing and wriggling in the water. It was an awe-inspiring and terrifying sight, and I could feel my heart pounding in my chest. The kraken was massive, its tentacles easily wrapping around the entire boat and shaking it violently. We were all terrified, and I could see the fear in the eyes of my fellow sailors. We ran inside the cabin, and we could hear the kraken screeching and howling outside. We were trapped, with no way to escape the clutches of the monster. I could feel my heart pounding in my chest, and I knew that we were in grave danger. For what felt like an eternity, we sat there in silence, listening to the sounds of the kraken outside. Finally, after what felt like an hour, the screeches and howls stopped, and we cautiously emerged from the cabin. The kraken was nowhere to be seen, and we could only assume that it had retreated back into the depths of the ocean. I checked my pulse to make sure I was still alive, and I couldn't believe that we had survived such a terrifying encounter. We sailed on, but the memory of that night stayed with me. I couldn't shake the image of the giant kraken and the feeling of terror that had washed over me. I knew that I would never forget that night. I have worked at this job at this national park for now more than 20 years. I've seen a lot of strange things on the job but this sighting is easily the strangest. I'm not sure what to make of it. The only thing I'm certain of is that I was not dreaming or imagining this. I am absolutely certain of that. I'm sure most people would think I'm crazy if I told them but I know what I saw and I know what I heard. I want somebody to talk to about this for a long time. You see my wife, she just simply doesn't understand. I mean I guess I can't blame her, she thinks I'm nuts. She's never really been one to be into the outdoors so she thinks I should go into law enforcement or something and totally off-rights the fact that I'm a ranger. I like being outside though, it being with the animals and protecting the environment. I've got no interest in being a government worker who hunts down bad guys. I've had this job for a long time. I like the work in the area that I work in. There's just something about being outdoors that has always appealed to me. I was raised in the deserts of the southwest and I always enjoyed the climate. My wife and I however ended up divorcing soon after this. When we were married though, she had a brother who was also a petroleum engineer and his job took him through some pretty remote areas of the world. The places he went were breathtaking and rugged and I had an interest in going with him on some field trips but because I had this job I couldn't just leave and disappear for weeks on end. Anyway. Even though we've been divorced for a while now we still remain somewhat good friends and we've been divorced for almost a decade now. But ever since his divorce, he and his new wife Angela get together with me and my girlfriend Lori a couple times a year and we go camping. Since I'm a ranger, I'm also their trail guide and guide them into the far reaches of the back country where I tell them stories and show them things about nature they never knew. He and Angela love the Palo Duro Canyon and so does Lori so we pretty much spend every camping trip together at that same place. Most couples who camp tend to stay near sources of water so we do too. Our camp is always a couple of miles from water, not so near that you would get wet in the rain but not so distant that it would take an entire day to hike to the nearest water source. One evening I was camped out by myself. My buddies had to work and so Lori and I decided to camp at this place and I have at the other end of Palo Duro just inside the state lines. I had scouted out this campsite from the nearby interstate before we made the drive. I knew it was perfect. It's a rounded clearing about a quarter mile in diameter and a little more than a quarter mile north of the interstate. The place is a happy medium between too far away and too much hassle of water to reach. Some of the Native American people here have mentioned encounters with Bigfoots when I would chat with them so I'm pretty certain these creatures come from the area and canyon. We also both love ancient aliens on the show History Channel and we have a talk about legends over the years. Some of them believe that it's just a bunch of Hawaii and they're not enough citing reports or documented evidence to fully have substantial beliefs in this creature. Anyway. The campsite I was at was at an area between this rock formation that had a bunch of small caves and the steepest part of the ridge where you could hike up the thing and possibly spot anything wandering in the canyon below. Right by the place where I think that I pitched my tent and there's an old corral made of rocks where I think that people used to raise sheep and cattle or mostly cattle. There's also what looks to be like cistern but I can't imagine that this is still functional and someone would take that much time and effort to build something and put it all the way up there. Whatever it is now is essentially a dry rock pond but there are piles of old empty water bottles from people all over the country who hike and camp there and leave the trash. So this evening I was cooking a nice big steak to celebrate my birthday and steak was not something we were almost ever able to cook at the canyon because we could not find a place to safely make a fire. As I'm cooking the steak I start to smell something foul all I can tell you is that it smelled like a dirty wet dog mixed with garbage. I tried to sniff it out but I couldn't exactly tell you where the smell is coming from so I figured it was maybe a dead skunk or something. I mean I don't know what the smell was but I know what it was not I've been told about the smell before and I could tell you what I smelled was not anything normal. I've heard that smell described as a wet dog and running garbage but I could also be something else. I looked around but I just couldn't see anything so I went back to cooking my steak and I left the brush burning in the fire. I kinda just forgot about the smell for a while it was a warm night and I was happy to be out there. That's when I started hearing crashing in the canyon below moving its way up to the brush behind me I thought it might be a deer or possibly a coyote. I kept an eye on the brush but wasn't paying as much attention to it as I probably should have. I was enjoying the night or at least trying to enjoying my steak and thinking about the fun we would have the next day. Then I put my stake down and took my flashlight began shining it around the perimeter of the camp hoping to see a deer or coyote and thinking about how we'd get a picture of one of these creatures. I thought about it more and I almost wondered are we being stalked by a bigfoot and I started hearing the sound. It was deep like a low frequency sound but also kind of like a growl. I thought it was a coyote but it was deep and I've never heard a coyote make a sound like that. It was a deep growl that turned into a howl. I heard some more crashing in the brush. I thought I could see something but then I wasn't so sure it was just a shadow if you know what I mean. I couldn't really see anything clear just enough to know that whatever it was was big and black. Now I was feeling terror for the first time this creature or being was getting closer and making all kinds of nasty noise. It was making these sounds it was growling and howling almost kind of like grunting. The creature was very close to my campsite and I was completely defenseless. All I had was a steak knife I did not have a gun and I'm pretty sure it was watching me the entire time. I didn't know that until later but it was most likely stalking me. I was feeling very afraid I felt fear before but never been afraid like this. I was convinced I was going to die I started to shake feeling nauseous. I just knew that if I did not get out of there I was dead. I knew the creature was stalking me and I knew I was a lot closer to the clearing than I was to the interstate. I didn't know what to do I began to panic. I was too scared to run but I also knew that if I just sat there I was also dead. I knew that I had to do something but I did not know what. I looked around and I saw the brush I'd gather to keep the fire going. I began to run and I could hear the creature running behind me. I didn't know what was going to happen but I did not know if I would survive. The next thing I knew I was lying flat on my back. I must have knocked into a tree branch and knocked myself unconscious. I felt this thing approaching and then I recall some strange gibbering noises. At least that's what I would call them. It sounded like somebody speaking gibberish in a really high tone of voice and that same awful wet dog and garbage smell permeating my entire nostrils. After that I completely lost consciousness. When I regained it it was in the morning and I awoke with nothing. I didn't know where I was and after that it would take me roughly a two day hike to get back to the interstate. To make a long story short somehow some way after I lost consciousness I was somehow transported miles and miles away from the spot that I'd hit the branch and lost consciousness originally. Something or someone transported or I assumed carried me because that stink was all over my body and all around where I woke up. Where I regained consciousness the second time was in a small clearing and some brush. There were bones and stink scattered all around so part of me almost wonders if it had taken me to its den. Although it wasn't anywhere around but could it be possible it was planning on killing me or eating me? I'm not sure. I'm sorry if this was hard to read, but I did my best to put my thoughts down to paper and this has easily been an encounter or an experience that has left me frightened and scared to fully fulfill my job. Not my story but actually a friend of mine who's a ranger, also fisherman and has been in the woods, lakes and mountains of the northwest since he was at least five or six. He is an expert tracker and woodsman and lifelong outdoorsman. He's never really been scared of anything in the woods. He is an expert with a sidearm and also prides himself in having a black belt and a keto. He has no fear or hesitation about any situation especially in the woods but he has seen some weird stuff but nothing to make him hesitate let alone fear. So this is a story he told me and has given me full permission to share with you. One day late afternoon he was on a solo camp out in this Cascade foothills about an hour's or so drive from Seattle. He had been fishing a favorite creek then hiking clear around the base of a tall mountain then back to his camp. It was late afternoon the light was beginning to fade and he was starting to get ready to cook his dinner. He heard a noise off to his left on a game trail that went down to the side of the mountain and back to a creek. He turned around and saw a large hairy biped walking on two legs moving quickly away from him down the trail. He could see that it was making a deep rumbling noise almost like it had a cold or a really bad wet sinus cough as he described it. It had long or dark brown black hair and was huge easily seven feet tall if not larger and very wide shoulders big arms and long legs. He claims it did not look like a bear but it did look like a big hairy giant ape but he said it moved quickly off and he never saw it at least that fully again. He thought it was a bear until later when he was making camp he found a young doe carcass but the carcass was ripped apart no real blood on the carcass or the ground. He said it reminded him of a grizzly kill but the legs were twisted backwards. He said it looked like a bear kill but that it looked like something had twisted the legs to change the way the deer's body was positioned. It disturbed him the kill is also fresh and no more than a day or two old. He had a small fire going and it was now getting dark. He had his pistol out and was looking around then he almost heard a swap noise behind him. He turned around and sees these big dark red eyes like cat's eyes and the tree above his head. He said it looked like the eyes were on a large scale like the way a bird's eyes are but it was red not yellow. He said it was more similar to that of a cat's eyes because it was the size. He said it had to have been at least 10 feet off the ground between him and this thing. He'd been there for only about an hour and he never noticed these eyes before. He couldn't really see any shape behind the eye but in a spot where there's likely no perch to have a bird. It was just staying there without moving. He said it was on the same side as the tree as the game trail where earlier he saw the big hairy biped walking. He had no desire to make eye contact for very long so he turned his back on this red eye and went back to making dinner. He said he wanted to exit the situation and did not want to stare into these eyes in case he was trying to communicate with him. He heard a low rumbling growl from behind him something hit his tent then left. He said it hit the tent hard enough to shake it and he heard footsteps like something running away fast. He knew at this point it wasn't a bear or any other normal animal in the woods because had they been doing this he would have known exactly what they were. He somehow stayed calm and remained as calm as he could. He said he had a hard time falling asleep but when he finally fell asleep he was awakened by the thing growling grunting and making a deep rattling noise like it had a cold and he said you could smell it too. He described it as a fecal, sweaty, rotten cheese skunk smell it was terrible. When he reflects back on this he believes this thing got more and more aggressive gradually because it would not leave his territory but he's uncertain because at the time he didn't feel any fear of this big hairy biped only that it was angry. It woke him up at about 2.30 in the morning and he said it left again making the noise and after that he never saw ever heard it again. Once daylight came he went to check out the area where he saw it the night previous. He said there were two different trails in the area and they intersected at the spot where he saw the two red eyes the night before. He said it was the same side where he found the dead deer which was now missing the dead doe carcass. He said the trail was similar to that of a game trail but it looked more like a person had cleared it which was probably not possible since he was kind of way out there and this is when he was able to get a more accurate measure of where the eyes were on the tree. He said it was easily probably about 10 feet up means whatever was watching him was standing right behind the large tree. He had zero desire to meet whatever this was at that point so he decided enough was enough and to pack his things and leave. He said that he was not a believer before the encounter but now he definitely is. He doesn't see any way that it could have been a hoax or a mistake or misidentification. Remember he's been in the woods a long time and has spent much time in the outdoors. He's anybody who should have a respectable opinion and enough to know that he's an expert. And now that he's getting a little older he doesn't go into the woods as much anymore and also retired as a park ranger for the time being. So a group of friends and I hiked up into a wooded mountain on an overnight backpacking trip. During the hike in, it was drizzling rain and very foggy. Fast forward to around midnight, I'm awoken by my friend opening my tent in a panic, telling me we have to get out of here. Confused and still half asleep, I ask what's going on. There's lights approaching. More than one. Remember, we're in the middle of nowhere, not a campsite. There should be no one else around for literally miles. Another friend grabs an axe out of sheer confusion, some of us start trying to pack out stuff to leave. At this point we're thinking it's some sort of death cult coming to use us for their blood sacrifice. We're miles away from our cars, up steep embankments of mossy boulders, not an easy hike out, especially at midnight. The lights keep getting closer, and becoming more and more. Finally, Someone goes, hold on, are those lights actually getting closer? The fog continues to gradually lift and we see that there are actually hundreds of lights, and they're not moving at all. Some more time passes and we finally confirm that it was just lights from a town miles away off in the distance. They were never moving, only appearing to get closer and brighter because the fog was clearing. Because we were all in a panic and half asleep. We never really stopped to confirm any of this info, and we all felt like idiots. Camping in the Sedona backcountry in a canyon. We camped up on a bluff, flash flood dangers, and it started thunderstorming in the middle of the night. No one else in the canyon and definitely wouldn't be where we were in a thunderstorm. Heard something calling? Out in the middle of the night for what I assumed was a dog or another person. Looking back there was no away in hell there would have been someone where the voice was coming from and it didn't sound like English. It was also very loud considering the rain and thunder we heard it crystal clear. It was weird as f and then I watched The Missing 411 on Netflix about two months after the incident completely forgetting about it. Well, there is a scene tapped in the seventies from some hunters in the remote wilderness and it was the same sound. I literally started having a panic attack and crying and had to explain to my husband why I was freaking out. My husband and I did a 17-mile backpacking trip in Southern Colorado in the Uncompahgre National Forest. There are a bunch of old mines along the trail. We read in a hiking book or online somewhere that there were some people that are pretty territorial of the mines, and we shouldn't hike back into them. The first afternoon we set up camp in a valley and pretty soon a helicopter was hovering over us and kept coming back and circling us. We were about 9 miles in at that point and were totally freaked out. The helicopter was white and had no markings at all. We convinced ourselves it was a dangerous gang and they were protecting their gold. woke up to something very big sniffing my tent. It was right at the door and I could see a large silhouette with the moonlight in the background. I yelled out and grabbed a gun and a flashlight, as I heard it running off. I quickly unzipped my tent and saw it was a black bear. Ironically, I solo camp in a Kodiak canvas tent. Needless to say, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I sat on a folding chair in my tent with my 12-gauge and pistol in my lap. When the sun came up, I drove in over an hour to civilization, and bought the brightest area light I could find that my solar generator could run all night. Four nights later, with my new light shining, I saw another bear walk approach my camp. It stood on its hind legs on the edge of where the area light shone. I quickly shined my flashlight at it, it snorted and it took off. My experience has been Pacific Northwest mostly, some Alaska, Montana, New Mexico. Lightning storms above the tree line are fun and remind me of how small and insignificant I am. A windstorm with sustained winds of 70 miles per hour in January in northern Idaho made us move camp at 2am to the middle of a meadow so trees wouldn't get us. A couple times bears in camp. First time I was 6. Mom shot it. The last time was in Northeaser, Oregon with my 8 and 6 year old. It scared me worse with my kids. Didn't have to shoot it. One night in Arkansas and another in Idaho wolves hung around my fire. Met a grizzly heading the opposite direction on a trail in Montana. He kept to the trail. We didn't. The weirdest was hearing several, somethings, outside our tent on the shores of Duck Lake and the Wallawas in Northeast Oregon one night. It was several things jabbering at the same time that made the hair stand up. At that point I'd had probably 40 years in the woods. No idea what I heard. My buddy had no idea either. Heard a couple times the next couple days around the lake at different times but not as close as the first night. I'm kinda embarrassed to say I eventually googled Bigfoot noises. Found one that sounded similar and that to this day still makes my hair stand up. Still not prepared to say that's what I heard. All in all, around 60 years backpacking, whitewater rafting, hunting, fishing, mountains climbing, backcountry skiing. So, really, most trips nothing too scary too often. Now, some backcountry self inflicted stupidity is another story. I was camping and it was bedtime, and I was in my tent reading with my headlamp. I noticed a faint buzzing sound. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me in the silence. Then my headlamp started to flicker once or twice and it completely died. Well, that's weird because my batteries were recently changed and the light didn't really dim or get more faint. It flicked once or twice, and went completely out. Didn't think much of it, went to bed, the next evening I went to test my headlamp to replace the battery and it worked great, no issues. I again, read my book in my tent on night 2 and notice the lack of buzzing sound that I heard the night before. I have no idea what it was, but I have to assume the buzzing and light dying were related. It was very strange. Oh man I have a good one. I'm no stranger to backpacking and I know the rules, but I broke them one time only. This story takes place while I was doing a few nights near Moot Wilson out near Los Angeles. I got kind of a late start and I was losing light the first night, so I set camp near a nice babbling brook. Before tying up my food bag I decide that I'm gonna bring some instant coffee and cocoa into the tent with me so I don't have to get out of my tent to make it in the morning. This was my mistake. I know I'm in bear country and not to bring any smelly tasty stuff into the tent. I messed up. I do some reading and go to sleep. Some hours later, I wake up to hear sniffing around the tent. That's not so crazy. I've had critters come through my camp lots of times and they usually don't find anything and move on. This time was different. I hear the bear sniffing get closer and closer to my tent and then he's right on me. I couldn't see him but in my mind he was easy 2000 pounds. As he gets closer I sit in my sleeping bag with the widest eyes you can imagine. He gets right up on my tent sniff huff sniff and then he starts trying to come in. I about shit my pants and start screaming get out of here bear but he's not having it. He continues to scratch at my tent and all I can think about is how thin that material is. I start punching at the tent wall and keep up my yelling. The bear eventually decides that my cocoa isn't worth it and wanders off. Dude. My heart is thumping out of my chest. I'm freaking the F out. I didn't sleep much after that. The coffee slash cocoa the next morning was nice, but never again will I sleep with anything that smells nice in my tent. Lesson learned. Staying at a state park in Wisconsin with some buddies. Campsite has a narrow footpath at the back, about 25-30 yards through the woods to a rough service road, I'm guessing that's what it is, and a pretty vast clearing just beyond. Earlier in the night, just after dark, I decide to take a walk to the service road and have a a little explore of the clearing. I stumble upon a decently sized shelter made of fallen trees slash limbs. It's very well put together but its shape isn't something I would've thought to use to construct. Alas to each their own. I don't think much of this organized assortment of wood after finding it. Back at camp, I've taken to going about halfway down the footpath to relieve my bladder. It's far enough away from the group where no one can complain about going too close to their tent. Obviously it's private in the dense brush as well. It's a buggy night and the forest canopy let no light through from above. So one trip down the P path, I remember to use the red light on my headlamp instead of primary mode to aid in my aim while not having to swat at insects. The stream is flowing and I'm mindlessly looking around at the forest in the red glow of my headlamp when I notice a glowing, red dot. It's about eye level further down the path, just on the edge where the service road and the footpath meet. I focus in and just as my mind questions what the glowing sphere could be, the one turns into two. Too bright, red as red can be eyes looking at me head on. Not from above or below, straight ahead, level with my own gaze. I haven't tucked, zipped, and sprinted away faster in my life than in that moment. It was a deer. We all went back out to investigate after I breathlessly told them what I saw. We caught glimpse of the dough much further down the service road. I'll never be using my red light in the woods again. There was a secret camping spot in Oregon that I would go to with my friends often that was extremely hard to find, but absolutely worth the trouble. I decided to meet a friend up there for a weekend in May. When I pulled up 300 hundred yards down the road, There was a man in a VW bus with his dog. He gave me a wave, and I waved back. I then met up with my friend near the lake. My friend and I fished for a few hours and were the only people camping on the lake. When it got dark, I went back to my car to put away dinner supplies. To my left was the lake maybe 600 yards away, straight ahead was a road that led to where the VW bus was, and to my right was thick forest. Right when I shut my car door I heard a blood-curdling scream, sounded like a woman, about 50 yards to my right in the thick forest. I could not move. I started hearing barking and looked up and saw the man and his dog next to the VW bus. The man had a headlamp on, which shined down on the dog who was barking and moving in circles, clearly freaked out by the scream. Then, the man started running towards me and yelling, did you hear that? and still freaked out by the noise, but even more freaked out by the dude, said, yeah, what was that? The guy stops near me and confidently says, Bigfoot. Here I am, a 20-something female in the middle of the dense forest, my friend is too far to hear, and some crazy dude is telling me I just heard Bigfoot. He then gets close and says, you know who can protect us? Jesus Christ. Let me put a safety bubble around you. The man proceeds to create an invisible bubble with his arms around the area we are in. I probably awkwardly said, thanks. And all I remember is running back to my friend. When I get back to him I asked if he had heard the scream and he said no, and I proceed to tell him the story. Either this was an elaborate prank by Jesus dude, or I heard Bigfoot. But the fact that the dog was freaking out still haunts me today. I have many stories, but these stick out for me, camping in the Alberta foothills in a remote place with my mom. We're just finishing up dinner, probably crap dinner, and it's dusk and we hear a crashing through the woods. The dog starts to go crazy and we watch, frozen, as a moose yearling comes barreling towards and past our sight trailed closely by a large black bear. Doesn't get more canuck than that.
1: Wherever you listen to podcasts, ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.
2: Decades later, I'm female 30, on a solo me cat eye and with my dog in the West Kootenays. 16,000 up a logging road from the nearest pavement, and I ditched my car to backpack down and camp on a deserted white sand beach. I see no one all day so I'm swimming and suntanning and drinking and smoking weed in the nude and just generally being my degenerate granola self. At one point a fisherman trolls by and there are some far off boats but that's the most human interaction I have. I stoke a huge fire and play loud tunes. Bedtime comes and I shut down my sight and tuck the dog in the tent with my axe and hunting knife and we pass out. I wake up hours later to the sound of footsteps in the sand not really getting closer, almost as if whoever it is is circling at a distance. It sounded like human feet with back front transfer, all my hair stands up on end and I immediately regret being the naked drunk chick lighting a huge signal fire to let any creep within eyesight know where I am. I sat in that tent gripping my axe in one hand and my knife in the other as I waited to be murdered by some backwoods psycho next to my wimp dog eventually the footsteps faded away i'd like to think it was a bear or cougar but my spidey senses still think it was a two-legged danger beast left like a bat out of hell the next morning my college took a bunch of us youth mentors on a camping trip without the kids for bonding and leadership skills before the kids camped with us the following week to preface this is a college sponsored event that was drug and alcohol free and none of us were drinking or smoking weed. Our camp guide wanna take us on a night hike without flashlights, the guide at the front was the only one using a flashlight while the rest of us holding hands had to rely on good communication from the person in front of you. Before the hike he was burning sage around us for protection and told us we might see unexplainable sights my best friend and I looked at other like what smoke shack did he come from. As we were hiking, I noticed the moonlight looked very sparkly like little balls of light descending down on one part of the trail. At the time I didn't know what it was but looking back I think they were orbs. We walked some more than I felt something following us. I looked up at the top of a tree and a shadow effortlessly hopping tree to tree watching us from below on the trail. I nudged my friend and whispered to look up and she gasped and held my hand tighter. After the hike my friend and I talked about the shadow that followed us and how it kept a safe distance from us. Others said they saw the shadow too and our guide said it was Native American warrior ghost protecting his area. My family and I went camping in Alaska last year. It was very remote and we were the only people we knew of in this area camping. When we woke up in the morning, my phone was at the entrance of the tent which immediately creeped me out because I had placed it inside my bag in the tent. I decided that I must have gotten it out during the night and forgot. Later that day I get into my photos to send some pics of my kids to my parents. As I am clicking on pics to send, I become sick to my stomach. There is a picture of my family sleeping, including me, taken with my phone. I showed my husband and we made the choice to leave instead of stay another night. Camping in Allegheny National Forest back in 99 with this girl I was dating. Two bears stopped about a hundred feet or so away and checked us out. We basically just froze and they continued on their way after a few seconds. I think I was rummaging through our food sack where there was jerky and stuff like that. It was the middle of summer, so it's not like food was scarce for them. Plus there were other people not too far, but still. My heart sure skipped a beat. I was tree planting north of Lake Nipigon for the summer. Halfway through a bag up I realized I had to shit. Get my pants off. Lean against a tree, and just as I start shitting, a massive black bear lumbers into the clearing. Looks at me, I look at him. I imagine my obituary mentioning I died at 19 half covered in my own shit. He lumbers away. If I wasn't already shitting I would've done it in my pants. Same summer I'm just south of Lake Nipigon on a different cut block. It's raining hard as F. I have my headphones in listening to rage. And on top of that I have my hard hat on and anyone who's worn a hard hat in the rain knows that it's loud as hell. Anyway, I'm about 50 feet out from the tree line when a song ends and I feel this presence. Slowly turn around. Big F off Bull Moose bursts out of the tree line and is booking it at me. Screamed like a girl and literally dove behind this big ass rock 10 feet to my right. This asshole charges right through where I was standing impossibly fast because they're basically goofy all-terrain horses. Looks slightly over his shoulder at me as if to call me a lil' bitch then keeps galloping off into the far tree line. Taught me a lesson, never blast music in the woods so loud that you can't hear your surroundings, even if you're doing a shitty job that you can barely stand. Finally, next summer I'm planning near the border with Manitoba. Windy day. Just finished a bag up. Crossing back through my land when a random huge gust of wind slams this cluster of dead trees, we call them chicos, and slams three of them over. The sounds of the roots ripping through the ground was insane. One of them was big enough to easily kill me and crush me so bad I'd be unrecognizable. Which it would've done if its roots had given way faster and I didn't have an extra second to realize at what direction it was falling and dodge left missed me by 10 feet or so, had a forearm-thick branch slam my knee and knocked me out of commission for the day. Point is, tree planting in Northern Ontario is basically final destination. Maybe just for me though LaMau. I went camping in Ontario at a campground in May. It was still pretty cold so it was super empty. During the night, Myself and a friend were sitting by the fire when we heard noises in the bushes over the course of a few hours. Couldn't tell what it was. Then, once we got in the tent, a pack of coyotes surrounded us and were sniffing around at our feet through the tent. They were yipping and growling and whining outside our tent. Some laid against the tent just waiting for some movement. It was horrifying. There was definitely at least ten. I called 911 because I didn't know what to do. They sent a cop car to our site which scared them all away. The cop asked where I was from, I'm from a very rugged area with a lot of wildlife that aren't used to humans and avoid humans, and he laughed at me for being a wuss. Don't feed wildlife. I was at Walmart earlier and there was a lady in the parking lot feeding a fox peanuts. Like WTF? On a scout trip to Halliburton, Ontario, we had made a day hike out to a remote lake for the night. At the time I was working on wrapping up my wilderness survival badge. One of the requirements was building and sleeping in a shelter and I was so excited to avoid carrying more gear. We climbed a rock outcropping overlooking Mislaid Lake and I began looking for a good spot to begin setting up. I discovered a partially uprooted tree that created a shallow burrow. The roots picked up all of the moss and dirt like a carpe, requiring minimal updates to make this hole a home, for a night. After cleaning out the spider hotel I shimmied myself deep under the roots in my bag for the night. I awake in the middle of the night in fear. I know something woke me up but I'm not sure what. Laying perfectly still, my eyes wide open as my heart catches up and starts pounding. Then I hear it, something breathing. It's walking nearby and it sounds big. My mind starts screaming bare. As I start sliding deeper into the burrow. My friends in a tent nearby whisper to me. Hey, you hear that? Can you run over here? Quietly I respond no way. I have my knife trained on the entrance. My focus is locked in the small opening contrasted by the bright moonlight as I wait for a snout to appear to launch my defensive. I hear the meandering steps getting closer when the animal abruptly pauses and then explodes with a huge snort. The amount of air this moose snorts out nearly blew out my eardrums. It sounded like an air hose breaking. In an instant this moose blows and turns to run out of our camp, crashing through trees and brush along the way. At the moment I was so relieved it wasn't a bear but the next morning revealed just how close I came to disaster. Hoof prints a few strides from my flimsy moss roof. A few more steps and I would have been crushed. Kinda dislike telling my story because it almost doesn't sound real lol. Got a rooftop tent for my Jeep from my girlfriend recently. We drive out to her family's property and stay like a hundred yards into the woods behind her grandmother's house on a trail that's been cut. We're like an hour from the nearest town, middle of nowhere. Around 3 AM I wake up due to the jeep shaking. Wasn't much but enough to wake me. At first I thought it was my girlfriend moving around but the jeep shakes again and I could tell she hadn't moved at all. Jeep shakes a couple more time than I hear the metal panel of either my front passenger door or front quarter panel warping in. I wake my girlfriend up, she confirms something outside shaking the jeep. At this point I was praying for anything besides a person, because I didn't have my glasses or gun with me and it was a new moon phase so it was completely dark out. We never looked outside to see what it was, never figured it out. Never heard nails or anything touch the Jeep and never heard footsteps at any point. I set the car alarm off to try and run off whatever it was. I didn't sleep the rest of the night. Another story I have is staying in central Mississippi. Literally every 20 minutes multiple packs of coyotes would howl for minutes in every direction. At times it was so loud I thought they were circling the jeep or within 50 feet from us but we never actually saw them. This was a really cool trip because although I've heard coyotes before it was never so many, so loud or so frequently nearby. We didn't sleep all night because we simply couldn't with the noise. Two years ago I was camping with my 10 year old and her friend. We were screwing around, dancing, and I stood up too fast, got lightheaded, and fell face first into the fire. My forehead hit the fire ring and I plunged my arms into the coals. I launched myself out of the fire immediately but my shirt was on fire and my head was a bloody disaster. As soon as I saw the amount of blood on the towel I put to my head I thought F. It was 10.30 PM. I had the girls dump all our water on the fire, grabbed my phone and keys and quickly hiked us out to the car. I left everything else behind including my glasses and wallet. The girls were crying. I started driving towards home and called 911 to ask where I should even go. Turns out that the closest ER was actually where we lived, 45 minutes away. So I drove home in the dark through a bunch of construction without my glasses, in shock and bleeding profusely. I made phone calls on the way to have my husband and the other child's mom meet us at the hospital. It wasn't until the ER nurses started wrapping me up in saran wrap that I realized that I had a bunch of burns including second-degree burns on my arms and hands. That shit was crazy and I have the gnarly scars to prove it. Back when I lived in the United Arab Emirates, my co-workers and I off-roaded into the sand dunes in the empty quarter, an extremely remote part of the Arabian desert, to camp. We had no tent since it was the desert and it never rained. About an hour after going to bed, I woke up to the sound of thunder and opened my eyes to see lightning strike a couple of feet from our sleeping bags, and it just kept coming. We all screamed bloody murder, grabbed our gear and sprinted as fast as we could across the dunes to our car. It probably looked hilarious since we were stumbling all over the place, but we were genuinely scared for our lives. We then had to off-road back to the highway on wet sand through what was by far the most intense lightning storm I've ever seen. We sped the four hours home to Abu Dhabi without stopping, and I have never been happier to sleep in my own bed. So much for it never raining in the desert some of our other friends had a differently scary experience camping in the same area a few months earlier as they were sitting by the fire drinking beers they were approached by a group of armed saudi border guards and told to pack up camp apparently they had unknowingly crossed the saudi slash emirates border since it's not marked in such a remote hour of the desert and were camping on the saudi side beers and all The border police let them move their camp about 30 feet back to the Emirates' side and all was good. It just about gave them a heart attack though. Camping at Lake Gunnersville in Alabama. That area is prone to sudden pop-up thunderstorms, so I had a giant 20 feet by 40 feet tarp fly set up high up so the fire ring, firewood storage, and cooking area had a roof to keep everything dry and give us a sheltered seating area. It was about 4 pm had the fire going and was about to start cooking dinner. A giant, dark wall cloud rolled over the mountain ridge behind us. Shortly after we saw the cloud come over the ridge, there was a giant downburst that smashed the tent flat, snapped the center rope for the fly, and brought the whole campsite down. I was afraid the fly tarp was going to catch fire. It turned out that sudden blast of freezing cold wind was so intense that it blew the campfire out like a candle. We found the dog hiding under the truck. The whole thing was over within 45 seconds, but it took the rest of the day to repair the damage to the campsite. We ended up having MREs for dinner. During this last hunting season I was hiking into an area well before first light. It's a wilderness area and I was trying to get ahead of the five, yes, five, different groups of hunters at the trailhead. It leads into a very large area, anyways, I was two and a half miles in and it's a full moon but I'm in the shadow of a ridge in a wooded area. So aside for the little I get from a red headlamp I can't see more than a few feet in front of me. I came across an 18 feet blue igloo cooler that had quite obviously been torn up by an animal and checking up on it I gathered from the tooth and claw marks it was a bear, now mind you there's no camp in sight, but I know that around 8 miles and there's a group that uses pack animals to get better set up, I assume they lost it and just didn't realize. Now having no idea of when the cooler could have been torn up or when any of it happened I just keep moving along, I don't have bear spray or anything. For those who know I have a 9mm with FMJs and a .243 so am not exactly equipped for a big bear. About 60 yards down the trail from where I found the cooler I heard it, never did see it. The creek was about 40 yards from the trail I was on and it sounded like boulders being rolled over in the creek. The stupid thing I did, I think, was not make more noise than I should have. I was only about a half mile from the specific draw I wanted to hunt and I didn't want to ruin my chances since the area had already been hunted really hard. So not only did I hear the bear figure out I was there, I heard him decide not to leave. Headlamp on full blast, pistol in hand, fastest 2.5 miles of my life. A few years ago I was camping in Smoky Mountain National Park near Cherokee, North Carolina. The first night, the people in the next campsite over began crying and shouting at a large man who was slumped over the picnic table, and I ran up to assist. Not sure exactly what was wrong but we got him up and stable but he kept passing out, he was very large, we were somewhat remote, but there was a camp host way down the mountain. I blew the horn on my truck three long times and the host responded. We got him to the hospital in Cherokee and I joined the family. The doctors got him stable, said it was something with his heart, and then said we had to take the patient somewhere else because he's not Cherokee. Learned a lot about tribal law that night. One night I was backpacking with a friend. We hit the trail kind of late maybe around 4 or 5 and planned to go 8 miles to water, had been there the year before. It was the middle of summer so we had plenty of light. We got the 8 miles out and where there was supposed to be water there was none. But I knew where rivers were around there, back the way we came and down another trail so I wasn't too nervous. Water is so vital, especially in the southwest and can cause panic when it's not where you think on a backpacking trip but it was pitch dark by that point and we still had to hike another couple of miles to try to find somewhere to sleep because there really wasn't any good flat ground to pitch a tent around the dried up spring and we had originally planned to go a bit further down the trail but we now needed to focus on heading towards the water the river was about six miles away so we end up camping very remotely in this weird splotch of flat land With like little stones in the grass that we literally see the moonlight reflecting into it I think that's the only way we would have known it was in there with such dense forest. It's a kind of thing that would have just been impossible to see in the daylight. So we set up camp, eat a little food, take a few drinks of water and then go to sleep. The wildest night of my life. I'm in my tent and it seems to get windy and there are things scratching on the outside of my tent and I know I set up my tent with nothing around to scratch it so I get it out a couple times to see if there's a little bush or something but there's not, the bushes are not touching my tent. So I start to fall asleep just trying to meditate and get past the wind, my friend is over in her tent. Covid so we were being safe. I start to fall asleep and I hear my friend behind me and I scream because she startled me and I turn over, assuming she got spooked and came in to sleep with me but nobody has climbed into my tent. I swear there was somebody hovering over me just a minute before. I want to be clear here that I'm not afraid of the forest, I live a couple miles from here and I'm very comfortable in this setting, I've spent my entire life in wild spaces, Love to backpack and have never been spooked by anything other than an animal too close. And they have always been outside my tent, never in. So after I get spooked awake, I'm obviously a little on edge and my friend called over from her tent and was asking if I was okay, I screamed and she had never heard me do that before, I'm like yeah man things are just weird over here and she's like yeah over here too I guess it's this wind and we go back to trying to sleep. What ensues is me laying there all night, with wind that looks like hands pushing on the tent. I'm sitting up in my tent trying to rationalize how the wind could push on one space and not another, and come from multiple directions, like pushing many sides of my tent at once. Because what it seems like is there's people. Or beings? Outside shaking and pushing on my tent. Let me reiterate that I have spent hundreds of nights in tents and I've never seen anything like this. I leave my tent several times and the wind seems to die down, it's not that windy out there there's definitely no people out here. This goes on for hours until I finally zone out right before sunrise and I'm grateful to be able to get up and pack up and leave. That field, highlighted by moonlight, I don't think has had people in it in a very long time. And I'm not sure what was going on there I wouldn't spend the night there again as we were hiking to water i expressed to my friend that i didn't get any sleep because of the wild night with the wind and she was freaked because she had the same experience and said she was so scared and she thought she was making a big deal out of the wind but that she has never experienced wind like that that seemed to defy nature's laws another person who has spent hundreds of nights in tents several summers in a row she did multiple weeks on long trails very experienced It was intense. I was camping with my boyfriend sleeping on a blow-up mattress on the side of the tent closest to the fire, with my sister on the other side of the tent. About to be sound asleep, I heard sniffing right next to my head and squeezed my boyfriend's hand to see if he heard it. My heart was pounding so hard. I have four dogs and my sister has one. So there is five dogs in the tent. Not one of them woke up. I slowly lifted my head to face my boyfriend trying not to make a sound, I as quietly as I could ask did you hear that? He with one slow nod, nodded yes. We laid there for what felt like 10 minutes while hearing loud breathing slash sniffing. We would squeeze each other's hand every time we heard it, we were pretty much asking did you hear that too? At one point I could've sworn I heard what sounded like hooves stamping the ground about two feet away, but he never mentioned anything about it after when we were recalling what happened so I figure I was just being paranoid. After the sounds had stopped for a while he grabbed the gun and went to check it out. As I mentioned earlier we were on the side closest to the fire, and it was at that point where it's just smoke and ash flying about, there were no footprints, nothing disturbed other than now his footprints. My sister didn't hear anything, the dogs didn't make a sound, but me and my boyfriend simultaneously heard it every single time. This is a national park in North Idaho, and it's not the first time I've had a strange experience there. I don't know what we heard, but I know we heard something. I was a kid camping with a whole bunch of other kids and some camp counselors in a public park. It was probably 12.30 and we had all just kind of started falling asleep when my friend woke me up and told me there was someone in the woods. At first I blew her off, but then my counselors got up with their flashlights, and one of our counselors had a dog that started growling. It turned out to be a couple of other counselors, who were not on this overnight trip, who came out to scare the crap out of us. It worked. Being woken up at 6.30 a.m. to the start of a powerful storm that was originally forecasted to hit after we left the campgrounds. We had camped by a lake, not near the shore thankfully, and the winds became strong, over 40 miles per hour at least, causing the tent to literally folding upon itself. And the rain was pouring into the tent as my husband attempted to reinforce the tent from falling over, causing the tent to begin to flood. I was inside literally trying to keep the tent from collapsing, pushing against the side of the tent to counter the wind. After that, we had to scramble to get the outside equipment, cooler, cooking equipment, etc., into the tent, getting completely soaked in the process. My anxiety flew through the roof as I heard thunder in the distance and freaked out that mother nature would think one of us would make the perfect lightning rod. Luckily we got that done quickly but because we didn't want to stay in the tent as it continued to take on water, we ran to our car and sat in it for several hours while we waited for the storm to subside. Happy to say that none of our expensive stuff got ruined, but so much stuff was soaked, bedding, clothes, towels, etc. Since it was summertime, it got hot again by lunchtime so we laid everything out on a clothesline we made and sat around until everything dried off. Oh and since our breakfast plans were ruined, we went to Whataburger in the neighboring town and got ourselves a big breakfast. I was doing a usual solitary hike and camped by a small lake, it was still pretty close to civilization though you needed a car to get to the place or walk for an entire day. At this lake you could rent small boats for fishing and I saw people get back with their boats one by one. The sun finally set and the last of them went away. Finally I was alone, I ate, read, put the fire out and went to bed. I was awakened by a woman screaming in absolute terror followed by an awful gurgling sound. I have never woke up so fast and with such adrenaline. I instinctively grabbed my knife and looked out the small hole of my tent facing the lake. What I saw was a light in the middle of the lake flailing about. It was an elderly couple still out fishing and the woman had fallen in. Her life vest wasn't tight enough and it had gotten above her head so she was inhaling a lot of water. The old man was panicking saying it's alright it's alright dear but kept rowing around in circles. I had to get his attention. I threw my rope with a rock attack to it and pulled them into shore, then applied some first aid to the woman and strongly suggested them to go to the ER. I am a medical professional and the woman was definitely in a danger zone with her chronic diseases and status. I still can hear that scream when I think about it and I fear every time that I will hear it the next time I'm hiking alone but not be able to find a source for it. I had some friends out from Oklahoma and I took them up the mountain to catch the sunset. We're coming back down, it's pitch dark because we're in Montana wilderness so we've all got our headlamps. About 20 feet from our camp I see a pair of eyes moving about 50 feet across the way from us. I alert the guys and they ask what to do. I tell them to keep moving towards camp. The eyes disappear and we start to get a fire started. Not unusual to see deer so we don't think much of it. I keep my pistol nearby anyway. Then we see the same eyes on the other side of camp, about waist height up. Too low to be a deer. We are confused and break out our big lights. There's nothing there. We stay quiet and listen but even in the middle of nowhere, we could hear nothing. Just as I'm about to say to relax, We see what is very clearly a flashlight moving through the trees towards where the eyes were. One hand on my gun, I call out to see who's there. No answer, the light keeps moving towards the eyes, then disappears. We start sweeping the surrounding area and can see no one and nothing. Eventually, we call off the search and go back to our fire and dinner. The rest of the night was uneventful. The next morning we're heading down the mountain to meet my wife for a water drop-off. Right where we first saw the eyes reflect was some beautiful bear scat and grizzly tracks all around. Somehow in the night, a grizzly came by our camp and left us be. We were cooking and everything and that thing walked all around our camp, but never came more than 20 feet close. We all believe that whatever that light was moving towards the eyes was some kind of spirit telling that bear to leave us the F alone. No other people tracks besides our own and for where we were, you don't just wander around in the middle of the night casually. I still hike, camp and hunt there regularly. We have three grizzlies and a moose family besides the deer that live in the area. We've come within 10 feet of the moose and they just let us go. I firmly believe that when you respect the land and connect with the land spirits, the land will respect you in return. There's no other way to explain how none of us has been attacked. I love this place.